it's really, really important to take the time to get to know the people within your network because you're probably not very far from a lot of the opportunities that, that you're looking for. So I always like to leave people with that thought. Hey, it's Rod Cleef, author of the best-selling book, How to Create Lifetime Cash Flow Through Multifamily Properties. And I want to tell you, I've got an incredible three-day boot camp coming up in Los Angeles. It's January 17th, 18th, and 19th, and my good friend Adam Adams is coming to add even more value again. And this event is not a sell-a-thon, okay? We, you know, we don't bring in outside speakers to sell you stuff. It's just me with super successful investors like Adam teaching you about this exciting multifamily business and... Because 80 to 90% of your success in anything is your mindset and your psychology. We also teach you how to take massive freaking action with what you learn. So if you're an Adam Adams listener, use that code Adam Adams to get $100 off your already very reasonably priced tickets. Now go to rodinlosangeles.com and use the code Adam Adams. And Adam and I will look forward to seeing you there. So again, that code is Adam Adams at rodinlosangeles.com. We'll see you soon. It's time for the Creative Real Estate Podcast, your source for out-of-the-box real estate investing strategies brought to you by RealBlueSpruce.com. Welcome back to the Creative Real Estate Podcast. I am your host, Adam, AAA Adams, and today's a little bit different. We're going to have an interview on something that's not even specifically real estate related. So you're rolling your eyes right now. You're like, what could it be? And trust me, it's something that's really, really important because I'm always telling you and mentioning to you and I'm, and I have the Raising Money Summit that talks about influence and how you have to have a thought leadership platform. And so I thought that I would bring on Michael Roderick. First off, Michael, welcome to the show. How are you? Yeah, thanks so much for having me. I'm excited to be here. Oh, glad to have you. Michael specifically works with people to help them create more of an influence, more of a brand. And some of the things that we'll talk about today is, number one, an access to anyone concept. And we're going to talk about content that is more easily shareable. It's packaging up your ideas and giving it away. So I'm going to ask the questions that you want to know from Michael Roderick. But before we do... Michael, give us your credentials. Why are you qualified to teach us this stuff? Yeah, so uh, I started out as a high school English teacher, and I went from being a high school English teacher to a Broadway producer in under two years. Uh, so a lot of people asked me how I had uh, made that happen, and I actually started to study networking. So I hosted workshops where I would simulate everything from one-on-one meetings to job interviews to cocktail parties. And the more that I noticed uh, in those simulations, I started to see a lot of patterns. And from those patterns, I started to develop frameworks. I started to teach people those frameworks. They became the type of people that everybody wanted to know. And the more that I would do this relationship building work, the more I realized that it doesn't really matter if you can get into the room unless people are interested in what you have to say. So I started to combine the messaging work with that and I developed a methodology called creating a referable brand uh, where basically I started helping people develop a concept of taking their ideas and making it very easy to share. And when I started doing this, uh, a lot of people that I work with just got way more podcast interviews, way more attention, uh, more of their stuff was shared, more of their stuff was talked about. And people kept asking me, can you break this down the same way that you broke down networking? Uh, so I decided to dig really deep into that. And I've developed a very, very specific methodology and a process 
uh, in which somebody can go from being a thoughtful giver to a thought leader. Awesome. I love it. And let's dive right in. We're going to start with the easily shareable content. And we will hopefully be able to talk a little bit about the access to anyone concept that you have. But I I want to dive in to the shareable content. And let's talk about the listener for a moment. The listener is somebody who is running the show or trying to run the show for a syndication. They need to be a thought leader or they're going to fail. The person that they need to get in front of is a passive investor. So we need you to teach a syndicator mm-hmm. how to get and package the message in front of a passive investor who wants to invest their money without having to do all the work. They want to be involved in real estate, but they don't want to do and wear all the hats. Mm-hmm. They want to invest with somebody else who knows what they're doing. And so how do we package this up as syndicators, as thought leaders in the multifamily real estate space so that our private and lenders, private investors are dying to, maybe not dying, they are eager to place their money with us. They are eager to share their friends' money with us. And so how do we do that? Yeah. So, I mean, that's a big question, right? There's, uh, there, there's, lots, of, there's lots of elements to it. Um, but I'll start with the very first thing, which is most of the time, the very biggest question that I get, uh, even when I was working in Broadway, was how do I find investors? And my answer is always the same. You stop calling them investors. These are individuals. And individuals have different motivations for the things that they do. And one of the most important concepts to understand uh, with the first principle of creating a referable brand, which is accessibility. Okay, accessibility is all about how do you make sure that people get it, even if they're not in your industry, because everybody who you're going to be talking to, with the exception of um, people who have actually done this investing before or sort of been part of this world before, they're not going to know all the terms that you're going to know. They're not going to know all the ideas that you're going to know. And if you alienate them first, if they don't feel like they can just talk to you, then you're probably not going to get very far. So when you're thinking about accessibility, it's really, really important to figure out how are you introducing yourself to them, right? What are you doing with your content? So the thing is, if your content is laden with terminology that is bogged down in your industry, somebody will read it and basically feel stupid. And the second that they feel stupid, they're not going to keep reading your stuff. And this is a mistake that I see most people within very, very specific industries make because you're all in what I like to refer to as the echo chamber of the enlightened. So you're all talking the same language and everybody feels like, oh, well, everybody gets this and everybody knows these terms. But the fact of the matter is there are tons of people out there who they don't know those terms or they're not quite sure what those terms mean. So they're not really willing to reach out to you, right? So you've got to start from a place of how do you make this accessible? And I always tell this story as a way to illustrate this. Uh, There was a song called Hey Ya that you may have have heard of that became very, very famous. It was an outcast song. But what a lot of people do not know about this song was that even though every single thing pointed to it being a hit, 
when it first played on the radio, people turned it off within the first couple of seconds. And the reason for that was when we hear something that is completely unfamiliar, we don't want to keep listening. When something is too different, is too new, we freak out and we can't keep going. So what the radio station did, which was genius, was they would play a Celine Dion song or a Maroon 5 song, which has a very, very, all their songs have very, very similar sounds. So it's easy for people to listen all the way through. And then they would put Hey Ya in the middle. And after a while, the unfamiliar became familiar. And as a result, that's how the song actually tur turned up. And most people, when they think about thought leadership, they start from the angle of, I'm going to blow everybody away with how brilliant I am and all the big words I can use and all these different types of things. But that's giving them your hey ya. And you've got to find your Celine before you introduce your hey ya. That's the important piece. So if you're thinking about content, you got to start with what is something that everybody can get? What is something that everybody can understand? Because if it feels too niche if it feels too much like insider baseball, people are not going to share that content. They're not going to be interested. They're going to pass, you know, somebody else's stuff along. So if you're the person you can come up with a way for them to get it and you tell it, I always say, if you want to build a following, one of the best things that you can do is I call it uh, TNA, right? Tell a story, articulate a lesson, right? Tell a story, articulate a lesson. Walk people through something that will get their attention, right? And then they're like, oh, this is such an interesting story. Oh, wow. And then teach them a lesson. And this has existed forever. This is why fables were so, were, were so popular. This is, this, this is part of practically every thought leadership playbook that's out there. Think about any great speaker that you've ever seen. They ignite your brain with a story. And then they hop in and they start teaching a lesson, right? They tell you something that's easily accessible and then they teach you a lesson. And I just did it, right? Did I not just tell you the entire story of Hey Ya and how it all worked to help you understand this concept of accessibility? Yeah, it's awesome. It was perfect. Okay, so, that, so this is all the step one. All of this is step one. Yep. Stop calling your investors investors. Yep. Um, and we're worried, we're thinking about their, everybody's an individual and everybody's on different places. And, and, and the best thing to do is to, hey, uh, is to Celine them before you hey, yeah, them. Exactly. And so, <laughs> so give them something that they're used to and so that they can start to understand who you are. And then you can start to give them the rest of the lesson and that's yeah. all step one or did I mess, did I mess up my notes? No, no. That okay. Is that, what's step two? So step two is all about the idea of actual influence, right? So if you're going to get people to do something, you have to have an understanding of the motivations that they have. And most of us don't really take the time to think through what are the motivations for people to do the things that they do. And the way that I like to break this down is every single person has what I like to refer to as a TCM index. And TCM stands for time, connections, and money. So every single person has an index of these three things. But every single person has a deficit 
in one of them, something that is the pain point for them. So if somebody is very, very money conscious and they're very, very concerned about money and money is the deficit, you are going to sell completely differently to that individual and have a conversation completely differently with that individual than somebody who is time crunched, who is worried about time, who's more concerned about their time than they're worried about their money. And you're going to have a completely different conversation with somebody who is basically interested in connections and who they're going to be associated with. So let's put this in the context of investors, right? There are going to be people who it doesn't matter how much money they invest with you. It matters how quickly they're going to go through a particular aspect of the process. So some people want to know that when they get started, they're going to be notified right away about what's actually happening, et cetera. Like, and that's what they care about. They care about the timeline of the whole thing. But then there are other people who basically they're like, you know what? I'm not really sure about this. So I want to kind of basically dip my toe in the water from a money standpoint. And they're like, I think I'll, you know, I think I, I, I just want to do it this way. So you can't say to them, oh, well, don't worry. If you give me a ton of money, then this is going you know, to happen in a short period of time because you're not selling to the thing that they really care about and the thing that's important. And then on the connection side, it's for that person, it's actually not about the deal. It's not about the money. It's about who are they going to be associated with? What is it going to do for their career to be a part of that, to be a part of that circle? And this came up in Broadway all the time because in Broadway, it's one of the highest risk investments out there, right? It's high risk, high reward. So most people lose their money on Broadway shows, but most people were not putting money into a Broadway show to make money. They were putting money into a Broadway show so they could be at an opening night party with Brian Cranston. They were putting money into a show because they basically knew that they had a big batch of money and they basically wanted to do something. They wanted to do some sort of interesting, different investment for themselves. Right? So the thing is most of the time when we're thinking about influence, we're not thinking about this TCM side of things. And here's, what's really important for those, the people who are listening, your TCM has the answer in for you in whatever your deficit is. So if you tell me that your deficit is in money right now, and you say, my deficit is in money and I need more investors, the answer to your problem is specifically found by examining your time and your connections. I can guarantee you how you're spending your time and who you're spending your time with is what is affecting how many relationships, how many conversations you're having with investors. If you find that from a connection standpoint, you are not making the connections that you need. I can guarantee observing your time and where you're spending your money is a factor in how that is being sorted out. And if you are feeling time crunch, I can promise you that if you were to take a look at what are the tasks that you're currently doing and what are the things that you could pay money for somebody else to do, that you would be able to find yourself more time. So the thing is, most of us, do not reflect on these things. Most of us do not look at this information and say like, how do I look at what I'm currently doing if I'm not satisfied with this particular scenario? So it's always important to first reflect for yourself on what's happening with your TCM. But then when you're having conversations with people, 
especially potential investors, understand what matters to them. Understand, are they a money person? Are they a time person? Are they a connections person? And then start to craft your message, what you're putting out there to those people in what the method that they wanna, that they wanna learn. And if you're appealing to the thing that they want, they're going to do things for you. They're going to get involved. They're going to help. They're going to support all of these different types of elements. So how do you find out? Like, it's, it's simple to just say you need to know what your investor wants. And yeah. we're not really calling them investors anymore. But, hey, I just learned the concept and I don't know how to fix it this fast. But So let's just say, you're... you're, you're um, what was what is that what is that oh you know prince you remember prince formerly known as okay formerly known as that's the point that i'm trying to talk about all right so these formerly known as investors um how do you understand what they what they need between t c and m uh, versus other passive formerly known as investors in their tcm so you have a conversation with them about what has been their past experience, right? So people will tell you their stories of past experiences and what they liked and what they didn't like. And that will often lead you to understand what really mattered. So if you ask somebody, if, let's say they, they have been investing already, like they've been doing it for a while. If you ask somebody, I'd love to hear, like, what do you love about this? And what do you hate about it? Right. And I can tell you every single time that people will share the things that they are excited about, et cetera. And they're always going to tie into this TCM in some way. They're going to give you clues as to which thing matters the most to them. And then when they give you those clues, you can check those clues. Right. So if somebody tells you basically complains that they felt like they lost a boatload of money. Right. You can say, okay, so it sounds to me like one of your major concerns here is losing money again and having that same experience again. And then they're going to say, yeah, that totally is. And now you know, it's like, okay, well, this person is more worried about the idea of being taken, you know, having been burned before, et cetera, et cetera, than anything else, right? Sometimes people will say, you know what, I, I, Felt like I was doing the right thing, but I just got mixed up with the wrong people. And I just like, I did not really feel like it was a good, a good group of folks. And I just sort of stepped away from it, you know, et cetera. And then it's like, okay, you really care about who, who are you being associated with? So how am I going to make you comfortable with who we're working with and what this looks like? Okay. I, I may have been speechless for a moment because I'm, I'm enjoying what you're sharing and I am going to, in a moment, illustrate for the audience things that I've noticed in my own passive, formerly known as investors mm-hmm. um, and how I have seen some of them who are more worried about time, some of them are more worried about connections, some more worried about money. But before I get there, I just want to have you ready to share a number three if there is a number three and to tell me that there's only two steps if there is only two steps. But let me go to, yeah. to, this, to this place. Um, yeah. I've had a lot of past investors who invest with me because they like me. They like who I am. I don't come across as 
as somebody who's telling them something. I'm, I'm educating, I'm helping, I, I'm bringing them across. And there's been passive investors who invest with me because they know I have a big, very big network um, through the podcast and through hosting big conferences with some of the top names in the planet. And they'll, they'll come and they'll be there because they're like, I want to be around Adam because he's well connected because he's a good person and he knows good people. And literally they could care less about the time or the money. That's not even a factor, but they're just like, I need to invest with Adam because I'll go to the next level. I'll meet the right people if I stay in his ecosystem. And then there's other people that, that care a ton about the money and they, they could care less who I am or how I am. They're, they just want to know, hey, are you, is my money going to be safe? Is my money going to be protected? Am I going to get it back? Am I going to get a return? And if I can let them know that that's going to be fine, then the other things don't seem to matter. And yeah. at the same time, there's, there's people where, where they only care about time. And, and literally, like they're, they're like, how much is the minimum? And they don't care. Like, I'll tell them that the minimum is 100 and they'll just write 100 or 200. Um, I'll tell them that the minimum is 75 and they'll write 100 or 200. I'll tell them that the minimum is 200 and they'll write 200 to $300,000 checks to me. Because they don't, they don't, they're not there for the connection. They're not there specifically for the money. They're just like, okay, well, I got to get this money out. What's your minimum? Okay, here's your check. And, and it's like, it's so business. It is so business. And I never thought about the TCM index yep. before. Um, I never considered it. I knew that there was different types of people, you know, if, if they're red, if they're blue, if they're green, if they're yellow, um, if they're DISC or K or whatever the disc is and um, things like that. So I, I remember thinking, okay, there's different personalities, but this is a, a great way to sum it up to understand around influence. If you want to understand how do you influence somebody, you have to understand who is this person and the easy ways you mentioned that to, to get that information is just to ask them, what did you like? What did you love? What, what did you hate? Tell me more yeah. about the last time you did this. Or what are you looking for if they've never done it before? Um, and you can, you can, now that I'm thinking about it again, I, I believe that we'll easily be able to know if they're more worried about time, connections, or money. So thank you for going into that. Is there a third step? Yeah, so, uh, and this is the one that most, uh, most people do not think about, which is memory. Uh, so our brains can only hold so much information at any given period in time. So if you were writing an article and it is the 17 things that you need to remember about passive real estate investing, what's going to happen is that article is not going to get shared. But if you take those 17 things and you boil them down to three steps, or you basically create a mnemonic, right? And a way for people to remember it very, very easily. Then what'll happen is they will share it with other people when you're not there. And this is the most interesting thing about it. They will share it not because your content is fantastic, but because your content makes them look good. 
And this is the thing that most of us forget about, right? They forget about the idea that when we share something, we are sharing something so that other people see us as knowledgeable, see us as the thought leader, see us as the cool person, right? So if we're at a cocktail party and we tell a really great story, it makes us look good. It's not that we necessarily care about the story. It's that the story makes us look good. So the thing is, if you package your ideas in a very easily packageable way that people can share it very quickly with somebody else and remember it very easily, what is going to happen is they're going to go out and they're going to share it because it's going to make them look good. So accessibility, influence, and memory spells the word aim, right? <laughs> so if you oh, go my out, gosh. Right? If you go out there and you want to share my idea, you are going to be able to share it much faster than practically anything else that you've heard or that you've learned because it's simple. And what I often like to tell people is that if you want people to remember you more, think less. And that stands for language, emotion, simplicity and structure. So the first, and this is a big one, especially in thought leadership, is language. So if I asked you right now to think about the world of young adult literature, books for, you know, books, uh, a, a book or, or something that's out there that has spawned tons of movies, and really turned into an absolute phenomenon in the young adult literature uh, area, uh, what's, what immediately comes to mind? I'm not going to be a great uh, – okay, well, I'll try. I'll try. Yeah. I'm not a big reader. I'll, yeah. I'll be honest with you. I'm dyslexic, and I've read only a few books. Um, I, I listen to a lot, but there, there is one that came to my mind, so I'll just say it. Well, two of them came to mind. Romeo and Juliet came to my mind. I don't know if it's for young adults, but I remember learning it about it when I was a kid, and it's something yep. that always sticks with me. And the other one is Twilight, where mm -hmm. there was um, the vampires and the werewolves. All right, so yeah. does that help illustrate your story at all? Yes, because in both of those instances, both of those writers basically came up with their own language for things. So Shakespeare added all sorts of new words to the English language. It's been proven that if you look at Shakespearean plays, there are tons of words now in the English language that weren't there before Shakespeare added them. So tons of people were writing at Shakespeare's time, but he was one of the only people to actually come up with his own language for things, right? And if you look at Twilight or you look at J.K. Rowling or you look at any of the fantasy the, the fantasy uh, novels that have done really, really, really well, they have their own language. There, there, there are very, very few people who, if I said use the force, are, are not going to know what I was talking about. And think about it, those movies have their entire, like their own language. So most of the time, we don't think about that we we just kind of like we spew our information we put our stuff out there but we don't say like what's my term for this what is my way of saying this my idea my concept right and come up with a, a new word 
or come up with a way to mash two words together that most people wouldn't necessarily think about, right? And when you do that, what happens is you're sticking in people's heads because you've given a new element of language, right? Like you've given them a new way to think about language. So it's going to stay in their minds. And if you want people to remember things, then that's what's going to pop to, to pop to their mind. And then the next, the next one, emotion, is another one that's not used nearly enough. And the thing that a lot of us forget about is that emotion is what solidifies memory. So if you have a really intense moment in your life and it's an emotional moment for you, you can recall way more details than if you've just had sort of a ho-hum moment, right? So if you think of a really intense moment in your own life, you can instantly say, this is the room, this is who was there, these are the details. It like immediately starts to pop to mind for you. And most people when they're creating thought leadership, basically kind of leave that to the side. They're trying to just like teach the whole time. But it's like if you told a really interesting emotional story and you tied it to something that could happen in investing or tied it to something that could happen in real estate, people would remember that lesson longer than practically anything else because emotion solidifies memory and you'd actually cause them to relive their own emotional moment when they were reading about your experience, which basically causes them to remember, oh wow, I didn't really expect to read this real estate article and cry, but I did, right? So it's a whole different type of thing. Then it's simplicity, which here's the problem. Most academics reward complexity. So like when we were in school, it was all about what's the biggest word that you can use and how can you write like the, the most complex kind of paper. And in any industry that has a lot of its own terminology, people do the same thing where it's like, let me show you how smart I am by using all these big terms. But the fact of the matter is most people aren't going to get those terms and most people aren't going to understand it. So if you can break something down and make it simple. And say it's like this, and you give them a metaphor, you give them something like really, really easy to understand the concept, then they're instantly going to take it. And they're going to be like, okay, yeah, I totally get it, right? Uh, and they're going to be willing to you know, go out there and share that information. And then lastly, structure is one of the key ways that we can remember things. Because if I were to start something in the middle and then go to the end and then go backwards, you would have a heck of a time. But if I tell you a story and it has a beginning, middle, and end, or if I say that there are three steps and you can follow those three steps, or if I say it's like this particular journey and I give you a structure, then you're gonna remember it. Just like you're gonna remember AIM, just like you're gonna remember TCM, just like you're gonna remember all of the different points that were brought up because there is a structure attached to them, which makes it easy for you to put it in your memory. It's why we have, it's why we have like a shopping list. It's why books have chapters. It's why anything that you look at has a structure uh, attached to it. So you want people to remember you more, think less. Very, very interesting. It's been a f really fun and insightful interview. Um, I know that you have a daily email list and I want people who are interested in what they've gotten so far from 30 minutes with you to be able to subscribe to that email list if, if they're interested in just getting more content like this. So how would, sure. how would we do that? How do we find your email? 
Uh, so you can just go to smallpondenterprises.com. S-M-A-L-L-P-O-D enterprises.com. Yep. P-O-N-D. Okay. Like small pond. P-O-N-D. Yep. Okay, got yep. it. Smallpondenterprises.com. Yep, and they can sign up for the mailing list there. Um, and there's all sorts of other fun stuff on there as well. I really appreciate it. Is there anything else that you want to leave with the listener? Uh, I would say just the, the most important thing, and I bring this up all the time, is that the keys to all the doors that you need to open are in other people's pockets. Uh, so it's really, really important to take the time to get to know the people within your network because you're probably not very far from a lot of the opportunities that, that you're looking for. So I always like to leave people with that thought. Which we, I was going to go more into detail on access to anyone, which is kind of what that is. And I'm sure people will learn a lot about that on your email list once they join by going to small pond and enterprises with it's plural, right? Enterprises. All right. And, and I'm now that I have it, you, the listener have it. All you got to do now is just scroll down and it's done for you. You can click the link and sign up for this newsletter. Michael Roderick, not to be confused with Mark Roderick, who's also been a guest on the show, who is a syndication securities attorney. This is Michael Roderick. He's the one who's going to help you brand and influence through AIM, accessibility, influence, and memory by showing and proving that less is more. Less, that's language, emotion, simplicity, and structure. Grateful to have you on the show. I will see you soon, I'm sure. Until next time, my friend, think outside the box. Have you ever looked in the mirror and thought you'd be further along financially by now? If so, you're not alone. Many people find themselves wanting to ditch their 9 to 5, wishing they had more time with their family. What most people want is to simply live the life that they choose and with plenty of money to do so. The good news is you can live an abundant life through apartment investing. Mark and Tamil Kenny with Think Multifamily help you take back the time and freedom so that you can live free from the stresses that burden so many. Through multifamily investing, they teach you how to set your family up for a lifetime of true success and fulfillment. They have helped hundreds of people just like you. Patrick, for example who since working with Think Multifamily has purchased over 900 units with another 850 under contract and at 27 years old was able to quit his demanding job in corporate America. Regardless of your age or profession, Think Multifamily can help you create the life of your dreams. As hosts of the new Think Multifamily podcast, Mark and Tamil will walk you through the journey step-by-step step to make sure you are completely set up for success. Through this interview-style podcast, you will gain a proven strategic apartment investing system and hear stories from successful investors, all to help you be light years ahead of those who try to do it alone. Subscribe to the Think Multifamily podcast today at thinkmultifamily.com forward slash podcast.